Welcome to Take Your Lead Podcast with Mzwandele Makakula, a podcast that seeks to empower you to take charge over your personal growth, development, as well as your emotional well-being. Welcome to Take Your Lead Podcast. I'm so glad that you've joined us and that you are part of a community of leaders who are intentional and purposeful about their growth. Uh, the truth about leadership is oftentimes it's not as seamless as it might seem. There's oftentimes a lot of behind the scenes that go on um, around leadership, which we seldom speak to. And I'm so excited on this episode to really talk to a phenomenal leader, um, just to share a bit from her journey of how she grew from post-traumatic, um, uh, how she experienced growth um, after some traumatic experience that she had in her personal life and how that has translated to the great work that she does with horses and empowering individuals to be very intentional about taking care of themselves. So I'm so glad to be joined by Carmen, uh, Theobald, all the way from Canada. Um, welcome, Carmen. Thank you so much for joining us on Take Your Lead podcast. Thank you so much, Ms. Wanderle. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm so uh, honored that you would make time really to have this conversation with us. Uh, we actually were sharing off air um, recently as to how you came across the podcast and how you found it. Want to tell us a bit more about that as to how you actually stumbled across the work that we do and how you experienced it from your side? Absolutely. So I guess I'll start by saying I just I'm a huge learner. I love diving into kind of rabbit holes of learning and um, sometimes that can lead me on discovering new podcasts. So I was just kind of um, messing around with Apple Podcasts a little bit and Take Your Lead came up. I loved the title. I thought that was so perfect and very aligned. And when I listened to a few episodes, what really struck me was the way that you were presenting yourself, Ms. Wanderlei, because you have such a kind way of speaking. You really give a lot of breathing room for thought for both your listener and your guests if you're having people on. And I just really appreciated the way that you were engaging with the world. So when I checked out your website, I saw that you were open to having some speakers and I reached out because you just never know. And I'm so glad that you responded and we've had some of these interactions together. Um, it's really been a pleasure getting to know you a little bit. Thank you so much, Carmen. And you're so kind. Um, thank you so much for your kindness um, in terms of what we do. And um, I really appreciate that phenomenal work that you do. I think we've interacted a couple of times now and I've learned more about the work that you do at Horse Sense North. Uh, maybe just to introduce yourself um, to the podcast family as to who you are and part of what you do um, as a leader. Absolutely. So um, I am the founder and um, I am the director of Horse Sense North. And this is it, I live on a farm in Ontario, Canada. Um, it's a beautiful area that's part of the traditional territory of the Anishinaabeg Nation. And that's part of what I'm really learning about always and learning how to put more into action and really understanding more what it is to be a, a person who is 
part of a treaty, part of Robinson Huron Treaty 61, doing my best to kind of learn more about that. So as a leader, part of my responsibility is not just to be leading. I think as a leader, as a human, um, as a being of this earth, it's to be also learning and following others. So I've been really lucky to have some phenomenal teachers and mentors along the way for all kinds of different things. And one of my best teachers have been the horses. Hmm. So that's kind of what has brought me to create Horse Sense North, because as I've worked with horses in life, I've worked with thousands of horses in my other job. My <laughs> other job is a farrier. So I take care of horses' hooves. I travel around to all kinds of different places in Ontario, wow. working on their feet. So kind of like an unofficial foot doctor. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but they're, you know, they're big animals and they can have some um, big opinions and that's (laughs) fair enough. They should. But I think the challenge is how do we work with those in a way that's both maintaining their integrity and their dignity Mm. and also my safety Mm. and getting the job done. (laughs) Sometimes it would be like, well, it's just safer back over here, but (laughs) I still have to do the work. So they've been a huge, huge um, force of learning for me sometimes with a major school of hard knocks <laughs> you know sometimes I didn't listen to that inner voice in me that kind of leader for myself of speaking yeah. that truth kind of that intuition of like where is that coming from and every time I don't listen to that I had a horse kind of school me on it so <laughs> um, they they really are they really are my best teachers wow. and so as I was working with them in that capacity especially at the beginning of that career I realized how much I was, of course, learning about myself through that process. Mm. And they were these honest mirrors for how I was showing up in the world and how I was showing up with them. So I went on another one of those deep dives of learning. I came across my one of my mentors books, Linda Kohanov. And eventually decided, okay, I need to learn with her. So I ended up studying with her in Arizona over several years and became an advanced upon a quest instructor, as well as certified in other things um, and other kinds of training. And I kind of combined all of that for Horse Sense North. Wow. So Horse Sense North is the farm. Well, it's actually Dreaming Dragon Farm, but Horse Sense North is our business on the farm. And, um, and really, we have organizations, individuals, um, groups, couples, people coming who want to grow and add a little bit of that horse sense into their life. So when I think of horse sense, I think those are three really big ingredients for leadership and that's clarity, mm-hmm. connection, and courage. And I think the horses and the horse experiences help us lean into that. Wow, that's brilliant. Thank you so much um, for, for, for that comment. You spoke about how the horses schooled you um, when you didn't listen to that instinct and that uh, voice. Um, care to share maybe a lesson that you learned uh, the hard way <laughs> or the sure. painful way <laughs> from the horses. I'd be happy to. Um, with the kind of disclosure caveat that <laughs> some of these hard knock lessons, although they were really important for me in the career that I chose, are not what people experience when they come here to Horse Sense North. <laughs> <laughs> our her, horse partners, our, uh, our herd that we work with to offer the kind of workshops and personal sessions here. Um, they're so wonderful at working with people in a safe, calm way. <laughs> and I think part of that is 
because I've been able to translate all my really challenging lessons of horses mm-hmm. over to our herd so that they're really themselves feeling empowered and mm-hmm. kind and mm-hmm. healthy and safe. So they're able to work from that place of safety themselves. So they're not going to put anyone else in jeopardy or in danger. Like I sometimes have found myself in my other job. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You said yeah. something so profound. Um, I'm common now in terms of how you empower the uh, the horses to work from a place of kindness and strength uh, so that they're able to show up better. And I think that's a key um, leadership principle right there of how leadership actually begins with you as a leader, being willing to do that work. Because I think we show up as ourselves. If we don't feel safe um, personally, we become uncomfortable with everyone and everything else um, around us. Please speak more to that in terms of how and the importance of really doing the personal deep work of ensuring that you are well, you are fine, so that you can show up better uh, to whoever and wherever you have to show up. Sure. Maybe I can kind of combine that with one of those, you know, tough situations that I experienced. (laughs) So um, I'll I'll share the story first and then kind of add in that second question. I was working on this horse who had a lot of physical challenges. And she also had a very big personality where just like people, horses have all kinds of different personalities. Mm. And she was one of these characters who would rather kind of push into you than to make way. So Mm. she's a kind of, you know, bossy, pushy, that kind of thing. But what's important to recognize with that kind of personality type is it's not just about, you know, them trying to take control them trying to do that is actually a test for their environment Mm. to see what those around them are made of Mm. as a way to find safety. Mm. So if no one can kind of stand up to them and say, okay, no big deal. I hear what you're saying. I see what you're doing. I'm not going to accept it, but we don't have to make a big deal of it either. Mm. True. When we can do that, that helps them go, okay, so it's not all on my shoulders to look out for the safety of myself and everyone else in this room. So the horses, when we do that for them, they're like, oh, okay, I can lean into this moment and calm down a little bit more because if I know that I can't push you around, I know that you can actually have my back if there's danger on the horizon. And I don't think people are that much different. Mm. I think there's often a lot of layers of subconscious that are blocking that I don't think we think about it so linearly linearly mm-hmm. in the moment but if we dig deep enough I've really found that that's been true even for people who you would not maybe expect wow so this was a horse with that kind of personality mm-hmm. on top of her physical challenges so we've been working together quite well for a time and we had a lot of kind of bumpy moments in the road but we had gotten over them, gotten over them. And she was standing very quietly for me to do my job with her foot. And I was nailing a shoe on her foot, putting a horseshoe on and things were going splendidly. Well, there was nothing in the environment (laughs) that should have indicated a problem. Her behavior was very calm and cooperative. The environment was very calm and seemingly safe. And I had one more nail to put in the foot before it was done for that part. And I had this little internal voice say, 
she needs a break. Sure. But there was, it was going so perfectly. And I was like, it's just, it'll take like two seconds. It'll be done. Mm. So I counteracted that internal voice. I was like, no, no, I'll do it. And as soon as that happened, I, as soon as the nail went through her foot and there's still a bit of nail sticking out that's close to my leg, that's mm. how it kind of works because her leg is actually through mine. Okay. She rips her foot away just as the nail has come out and it slashes through my calf, Ooh. ripping my calf muscle right wide open. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so. And yeah, I needed about nine stitches. It was uh. not very fun. There's a lot of blood. But ultimately, I knew in my gut, in my being, I had that moment of intuition that even though seem, things seemed perfect, mm. there was a need for a break. And I overrode that because of my desire for productivity sure. and discounting that internal voice within. Sure. So leadership, creating that safety so often has to do with making more space, making more room for really leaning into what we're intuiting. Hmm. Even if on the outside, it doesn't seem as obvious or necessary. Wow. And I I'm think so sorry. with ourselves, um, we can... Go ahead. I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm just uh, imagining this whole um, experience of um, <laughs> the blood, the nine stitches and the pain that she has to go through. <laughs> but I'm looking at how you are actually sharing it and I'm looking at the passion and the love and the care. And I just want to lean into something which you are saying, which I don't out loud like us not to lose of the intuition being able to lean into that intuition of not pushing your own productivity ahead of um that in that voice that says but just give it a break allow it to rest and 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 and, and i think that's very key because i think oftentimes we don't um as leaders lean into that superpower of intuition which i think can really save us from a lot of trouble I completely agree. Sure. And I think it's also where we're placing the value. And this mm. can kind of bring us back around to safety because sometimes it might be the bigger, louder, squeakier wheel that we're putting attention to. But mm. is that actually the thing that's going to contribute to a more emotionally, psychologically safe environment mm. for productivity to be possible? Mm. Please speak more to that um, within leadership as to the importance and possibly maybe the how of how we can actually create more psychologically safe environments where productivity can take place. Because I think oftentimes we prioritize productivity over psychologically safety, where we know that some people are, I was actually funny enough talking to our team earlier on today and speaking about culture of um, leading through love and talking about inclusion and all those different um, traits of trust and vulnerability. And I actually realized that oftentimes it seems like it's the soft skills. It's something that doesn't move the needle, um, but it actually has a lot in terms of how and the what gets done from a place of safety and a place of where people are really understanding. I don't have to role play. I don't have to protect the energy that is used to protect your emotional well-being can actually be used and channeled towards productivity. If you know that the emotional and psychological safety is taken care of. A hundred percent. 
I think it helps when we start to understand how the body functions. Mm. And that's the case with horses or humans. Mm. Mammals in general, we all have a nervous system that is hardwired for connection. Mm. And it's only able to have that connection along with a sense of safety. So when we have safety and connection and our nervous system is in that place, well, now our brain is actually able to function at its highest capacity. Wow. But when we are in a place of fight, flight, even if it's really subtle, mm. our ability to think clearly, our ability to find creative solutions, our, all those executive functions of the brain, they start to become more and more offline, sure. more and more inaccessible. Wow. So aside from any like moral or ethics around, it's important <laughs> to do that. Just thinking about it, that if you actually want productivity and high quality work, mm. our full brain needs to be online. Wow. So if our full brain's online, we need that safety and connection. So I learned a lot about this from understanding more about the polyvagal theory from Dr. Stephen Porges, as well as a mentor and friend of mine, Dr. Rebecca Bailey. And um, I just really want to give them a shout out and appreciation for their work because it's so deeply important, both for how I work with the horses and all the work I do with people. Hmm. Please speak more to that theory. Um, uh, please just, just, just share, share more with us, help us glean from, from the, the lessons and how you've experienced and are applying it even with the horses. Sure. Well, recognizing as I'm working with them that I'm always trying to create that connection and safety in the environment. Mm. And from there, we can learn, we can disagree, we can have all kinds of mm. moments of growing together. Mm. As long as I'm taking those pauses to prioritize connection and safety. And so this comes back around to what you were asking, what we were talking about before. To create that psychological safety, we have to really care about one another. Yeah. I don't, and even at work, I don't think we can get away with kind of half-assed caring. <laughs> it doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't. True. If we're really seeking for the best results, it doesn't mean that there's times where there's a fire, we have to deal with it and we just have to kind of get on task and be very directive and very, you know, um, you know, specific and push the other things aside temporarily, but we have to have enough of that foundation of trust. Hmm. We have to have enough of that foundation of connection and safety to engage in those moments and then be able to come back and have that healthy relationships, those healthy relationships growing again. Wow. <sighs> that's amazing. That's, that's really incredible. Um, part of what you do is work with horses. Any other lessons maybe um, that you would like to share with us in terms of someone might be asking themselves, what do horses have to do with empowerment, leadership, and personal growth? <laughs> you spoke about them being mammals and us as humans being mammals. What, what lessons can we really learn from horses? You spoke of the one that um, with the incident you mentioned of how it had a personality. <laughs> And they're like, oh, horses actually do have a personality. <laughs> Big time. Yeah. We can learn so much about those things with horses. Partly because we're not just talking about it anymore. We're not just, you know, 
getting all intellectual about it. We're actually putting it into practice. Mm -hmm. It's embodied learning. So when we show up with a horse in a way that we're actually practicing taking the armor off, stepping into vulnerability, showing up really who we are, as well as stepping into our power. Not just who we are as being kind of nervous and wanting to people please a situation, for example, Mm. that's not going to get the horse's respect either. We can't Mm. just be like, oh, we're going to be really nice and friendly. They (laughs) want to actually see us be very kind, but Mm. very strong at the same time. Wow. And when we embody that kind of balance of those two things, they love spending time with us. Wow. And then there's all kinds of incredible things that can happen along the way. Even if it doesn't go as well, those are great learning moments. And I'm putting as well in quotes here because I don't think there's a positive or negative experience. It's just about how we look at it. Is it a growth moment? Is it a success moment? Mm. You're speaking of vulnerability, which I think is something that happens a lot when one has to onboard a horse. Because that moment of putting on the armor and figuring out, I'm going to put myself out there. I hope it doesn't kick me off. Or you actually become very vulnerable um, in that moment. You actually become very, very, very vulnerable. And speaking to that, maybe because I think, as you said, the horses can actually feel that and sense that. And I think that's so profound because I think oftentimes as leaders, we find ourselves in environments where we feel some type of way, not actually knowing that the same feeling we're experiencing, um, the person on the other hand is actually actually also experiencing the same, thinking the same thoughts. But once we step into our superpower, as you've said, we're then able to break through that part and actually connect at that point of vulnerability. Yes. Yeah, for sure. And when we're working with the horses, it's important that it's not just any horse. Because we don't want the vulnerability to actually mean that we're unsafe because there's a chance that there's gonna they're gonna kick us because mm. they're they're not in a healthy place themselves to be in that kind of teacher and guide role for our learning. Mm. Um, I don't think we could just have any horse come into this job and be like that's perfect. It's like saying anyone could be a therapist or anyone True. could do this. I think if it's something they really want to do, sure True. we can learn, we can grow and do that. Mm. But there has to be that cycle of growth for them the horse, the person, whoever it is, Mm. to be a good fit for that role. So the horses that we work with and partner with, we've done a lot of preparing with them so that they are actually a good fit for that role. Um, Carmen, I just want you to speak to something because you're saying something so profound as to how it's not just any horse that you guys use. Maybe think back um, to a time where you had a horse that came traumatized, abused, very defensive, wrong or bad personality and energy. What is some of the deep work that you had to do to begin to help that horse to unlearn so that it was able to show up healthier so that it can be a leader and a teacher conducive to part of what you want uh, your clients to experience when they come to the farm? Sure. Well, I'd love to share about Grace. And she's actually our most phenomenal horse here. I mean, I think they're all phenomenal, but as far as the horse that I could almost pair with anyone that she's got such profound teachings and support for people in the way that she interacts with others. Um, This is this mare Grace. And she came here with a tremendous amount of trauma 
um, when I first took her on, um, when I first agreed to be her human, she was very um, upset with the world. She was angry with the world. Mm-hmm. And she'd had a lot of terrible experiences where people were very, very rough with her. And her response, we all have these different responses, right? Fight, flight, freeze. There could be all kinds of different ways that we're responding to lack of safety. For her, it was fight. That was her main go-to. Of course, the others could pop up, but her main go-to is um, she would kind of run people over if they were to open up the stall door or she would charge at people, um, or if she was loose in the field, she wouldn't let you catch her. Maybe that was with a flight response, right? She's like, well, if I can give enough distance, then I just don't have to interact with you at all. Mm. But there was something about her that was just so um, amazing. And whenever I had things to do with her, I started as her farrier before I took her on. Um, she was always very cooperative. And it was almost like, as long as you gave her the respect that she needed in that moment and that calmness, then she was willing to give a little and that really showed me that she had a very kind and sweet side inside of her but it was so heavily armored and protected because of all these terrible experiences that she's had Hmm. so over several years i worked with her in all kinds of different ways to show her that she couldn't push me around she couldn't intimidate (laughs) me first the first time i worked with her in a loose environment she charged right at me <laughs> and she's huge Rebecca's horse, she's about 1500 pounds oh. and yeah she charged right at me but it was a test it was a test to see are you going to take this reactive tra- trauma response as something to get mad at me for or are mm. you going to be able to stand your ground in mm. a confident grounded way with an open heart mm. She wanted my heart to be open while I was able to be strong. So. And so that's what I did. I actually just stood right in front of her and put my hands up and said, no, you're, you're not going to run me over. I, I, I know it. I'm going to ask you to stop and you're just going to stop. And she stopped right in her tracks. And from that moment, we had this bond that I have not had with any other horse ever. Wow. So over the years, she herself felt safe enough to take more and more of her own armor off Mm. be able to lean into those moments of vulnerability herself with me even if it meant we were having little you know disagreements about things here and there Mm. it wasn't at all in the same heavy reactive and dangerous way to the point where now over the last several years she is so trustworthy with all the people we bring in and with us here at the farm. And I think a big part of this too, is she's gone through these cycles of her own healing. Mm. Each time that we kind of support her through a hard moment and Mm. she can realize that, okay, the world isn't so terrible after all. Okay. I can actually trust your reactions that they match what's going on, but they're not over the top and you're still showing up in who you are with your heart open. Hmm. she can lean into that safety leaning into that connection even more and so now that she's working with people professionally as a real teacher <laughs> as a guide for people she really loves working with people who have gone through some very hard things as well 
And I think that's kind of that wounded healer thing where she Mm. knows what it's like to be in those dark places. And she connects with people in such, I hate to use the word because I know it's kind of woo-woo, but kind of magical ways where Mm. she will really deeply connect with them in very surprising, deeply meaningful and profound ways. Wow. Wow. Can't wait to meet Grace and shout out to Grace. Um, <laughs> if I were to ask if you have any favorites, I think I kind of know now. Um, <laughs> I can actually even feel the, the love and, and the genuineness of the relationship that you've built with her over time. And, 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 and something you said, which really stood out to me is how over the time as she felt safe, she's then able to begin to put off the armor and become more trusting and step into the role of being a leader and a teacher. And also to commend you for literally standing when you could have literally responded a different way and literally be bold, be courageous, which is one of the roles that you spoke of, of clarity, connection and courage, which we'll speak about in the next episode. But you were able to literally be courageous in the midst of fear. I think that's something we'll actually tee off in our next episode on. So thank you so much, Carmen, for um, this incredible conversation we're having, which is really adding so much value to myself and I know to the podcast family. Unfortunately, podcast family, uh, that's all we have time for in this episode. However, uh, stay tuned in uh, in part two of this amazing conversation that we're having with Carmen, where we'll speak more as to how to remain courageous in the midst of fear, as well as the importance of self-care as a leader and how to deal with past trauma. So till we meet again next time, um, continue to take your lead. Well, thank you for joining us on Take Your Lead Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you can get new episodes delivered directly to your device as soon as we release the new episode. And for show notes on today's episode and on previous episodes, just go to www.nzwandilemakakula.com. And if you are a fan of the show, we would love it if you'd give us a review and help us spread the word. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on Take Your Lead Podcast.